Blog Talk Radio. How many people did they have? Uh, they 
barely over 100. I think that's the worst crowd I've ever seen at a Peach State show. Gotcha. That's rough. And then and UIW is claiming 500 for that tag team tournament. Is that right? What? Yeah. Take the zero off. Take the last <laughs> zero off. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Come on. you got to be kidding me. They're not saying that. No, in the building where they barely draw up, they're saying, now, I don't know, I cannot validate this to be true. Maybe somebody can call in or write Larry and I and say, if you were there and if you can validate this, they are saying they drew 500 for that Doug Summers tag team tournament. I think somebody's just in jest there saying 500. Well, we'll have to see about that. And speaking of writing in, and uh, Larry, I have gotten more response from the last three or four shows that we've done than I have in a long – usually I have to start some shit or say something incredibly <laughs> offensive to get to get messages, you know, whether it's, you know, saying Ben Masters is doing yoga and sucks his own dick, like, like you know, the greatest hits from the past, basically. But the Charles show – the um, the last show that we did and I the cross. one with the yeah with I cross and with Jody Hamilton uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback and um, and it's been positive almost one hundred percent so how do you like that you. maybe yeah, yeah maybe less is there is something to the less is uh, more philosophy or because there certainly has been less <laughs> yeah hey uh, well, that's great to hear. You know, one other thing I wanted to mention about that this last weekend with the Peach State UIW, it, you know, in, in uh, retrospect, that building was actually triple booked because UIW was supposed to run there and Peach State was supposed to run there, and they both got bumped out for this damn tractor show. Well, um, you say damn tractor show. I say... <laughs> Know your audience. <laughs> that must have been a hell of a tractor show, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I I can't speak for URW, but in the case of Peach State, they had they they had confirmations. I mean, they they had these dates were set since January, and the guy whoever it was over there just screwed up. And you know, yeah, that's a big screw up. <laughs> it wasn't good. The tractor show wasn't weren't the ones who were going to be out of there. You know, so anyway. But they'll be uh, yeah. Hopefully they'll be back in. Yeah, hopefully they do a make good or two to Peach State for that kind of snafu, for sure. I'm thinking we got uh, Matt Griffin on the line here. Let's see if this is the man himself, the former Mister Delicious. He's been a videographer, an agent, and now he's delving into wrestling promotion. Matt Griffin, welcome to the Tipping Point. Matt, are you there? Matt Griffin. Is this Matt Griffin? Well, that's not Matt Griffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to love that internet radio. Well, you know, maybe if we played that back and then slowed it way down, it would be like one of those things where the ghosts talk on the audio and you just have to hear it in the background. So maybe it is the ghost of a promoter actually promoting a show. Maybe that's what that background noise is. Uh, but, so what is the name of this new promotion, Larry, that he's promoting? It is called Action Wrestling. Action Wrestling. That's not terrible, 
there have been a number of promotions that have started in the last six months in Georgia that have some of the most shit burger, terrible names I've ever heard of. So at least Such action yeah. wrestling, action um Oh my gosh! I can't even. I just. I, you know what I need to do? Here's a promise. By the next tipping point, I will comp. I will have a top ten list of the worst named promotions in the Georgia area. That ought to make oh, for some good fun. time radio, right there. There are ten. So any nominees that you have, people listening, for some of the worst named promotions in the state of Georgia, please feel free to send them along. This is why. <laughs> oh God! So glad hey, that's gone. Uh, we we got an extra minute here. What's what's your guess on what Saudi Arabia is paying WWE for this show? I have no I, I I have no idea. Enough to move the needle. That's for damn sure. What is your guess, Larry? Well, I mean, I'm I'm going to say thirty million. I've heard starting at twenty million up to forty million. A Dutch Mantel on his podcast says he knows the number, but he can't reveal it. But um, oh, to, Dutch to, knows, to, huh? Dutch says he knows, but to move all those uh, wheels, uh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, one other thing before we bring uh, uh, Matt on is, you know, we had several notable deaths. Um, yeah. Over the last couple of weeks, most notably, of course, Bruno San Martino. Uh, by yeah. far, and then uh, number one, Paul Jones. But the one that got me more was Luscious Johnny Valiant. Reason being that oh. I grew up in Chicago, seeing the Valiant brothers, Luscious Jimmy and Handsome, Luscious Johnny and Handsome Jimmy, and they were like the only, you know, like they were the most cartoonish characters in an era when you didn't really have cartoony kind of people. This was the early seventies. And they were they were heels because they knew, were New Yorkers, and in Indianapolis and Chicago that made you a heel if you were from New York. <laughs> um, so if that's the that's the luscious Johnny I prefer to remember, not the one who was in WWE. Their their interviews were the were they were like the first real cool heels that I ever is in. You know they I really liked them, and, and the other kids liked them because they were they were cool in a certain way in an area where we didn't really have cool heels that much. So anyway, a tip of the hat to Mr. Johnny Valiant. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know ahead. if you saw the um, obits in uh, Meltzer's obits, but I feel like because Paul Jones died on the same day as Bruno, the Paul Jones, because Dave Meltzer, the, the, the best thing that Dave writes, in my opinion, are the obituaries. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're just mind-blowingly great. And if you've never read – the two books that sort of compiled some of the best ones he's ever done. Um, you, you ain't a wrestling fan. You need to read those. First of all, the Bruno um, obituary was incredibly extensive as does, as the guy who I would consider the, one of the three biggest stars of that era, bar none mm-hmm. um, deserved, but Paul Jones definitely got short shrift. And, and I just feel the need to mention this here. Paul Jones, um, I think and if you if you ask people that knew what they were talking about, they would agree that Paul Jones' feud with Jimmy Valiant was perhaps the greatest sort of mid-card feud in wrestling history. There have been a lot of great ones, but that one carried um, the middle part of that card in that Crockett era. 
Um, and Paul Jones took guys that would not have been notable stars in the least and made them relevant, made them important, extended careers. Like Baron Von Raschke extended oh God, yes. his career notably. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on of guys that he helped out and he made that boogie woogie man feud with the hair cutting and all of that stuff um, was such an indelible part of watching Crockett. They don't get a lot of ink dropped about it because again, when you're on the card with the horsemen and Dusty and Nikita and the road warriors, you know, you kind of get lost in the shuffle, but those that feud headlined a lot of the B cards and sold stuff out on its own. That, coupled with the Rock and Roll Express feuding with whomever, um, provided a lot of much-needed income, much-needed exposure, and a lot of towns got to see wrestling that wouldn't have got to see it otherwise. So I just felt the need to promote Paul Jones there because, again, I think, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're Darby killing yourself on the same day that John Lennon gets shot. Nobody's going to remember who you are. It's just one of those sad, unfortunate timing things. But Paul Jones, I thought, just deserved a special mention for that alone. Because Dave, Dave I mean, obviously Dave had a lot of ink to spill for Bruno. Totally understandable, totally acceptable. But, I mean, Paul Jones, if you read it, it's literally two paragraphs. And the Jimmy Valiant no, yeah, Man feud gets one line of just like, and he feuded notably with Jimmy Valiant, which I, yeah. which I think really sort of misses the boat, you know. Yeah, he he deserved better than that, but I understand with Bruno dying in the same day. Yeah, like you said. Um, well, well, let's redo that intro. He was back in the NWA yes, Wildside days. He was Mister Delicious. More recently, he's been a videographer, an agent. And now he is delving into promoting. We're joined on the tipping point by Mr. Matt Griffin. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey, Matt. Um, Stephen Platinum here. I know we've never met formally. Um, before we get started, I think I would like for you to promote your thing right here at the top, and then also before you go off. Just I just want to make sure we get that in because it's so important, exciting new promotion. Please tell us about it, how we can see it. Well, I I appreciate that. That's what I love to do is plug my show, and I hope I and I hope I will get to meet you on Friday. I hope you'll fix that because uh, because uh, tickets are only ten bucks. Um, they are available Ooh. at action-wrestling.com. Uh, the show is Friday night, and that is April twenty seventh. It's in Tyrone, Georgia, at the Roger Spencer Community Center. Um, Tyrone is about 20 minutes south of the airport. Um, we're we're not an area that has much wrestling right now. Um, Carrollton is about 45 minutes away. Um, oh, I know yeah. that face. I know face to face is running in Morrow, which is about 25 minutes away from us. So there's there's no one running in the area. Um, the main event of the show, um, and pretty much this show is all comprised of first time matchups. Uh, I I think the term indie dream matchup is used a bit much um yeah. so so i'm trying to do for I'm, I'm going with first time matchups um and i will say when i did put these matches together basically all the guys were really interested in them it wasn't like okay i'll do that match it's like no i'm psyched for it um which is which is great because you want guys to be excited to come wrestle for you uh, the main event is gunner miller 
versus Dominic Garini from Evolve. Uh, they have they have wanted to wrestle each other for some time. Um, they've met each other, although not wrestle each other, in uh, Southern Underground Pro in Nashville at the Scenic City Invitational, uh, among other shows. Um, we've also got Joey Lynch. Uh, he's returning from an injury uh, last weekend, I believe. Um, he's healthy, and he is going to be wrestling AC Mack. Um, we've got Cam Carter coming down from North Carolina. He's done a lot of good work up in indies like CWF, uh, Mid-Atlantic. Uh, he is going to be wrestling Billy Buck. I've got Eric Royal coming down from CWF Mid-Atlantic. He's going to be wrestling Michael Spencer. Uh, and in a match I'm very excited for, um, also from CWF Mid-Atlantic, uh, can you guys tell that I booked a car? <laughs> uh, uh, we've, got, we've got Kane Justice uh, versus Fred Yehi. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I'm very excited. I've always been very, uh, very high on Fred Yehi. I've, uh, he was one of the first guys. Actually, he, I, I, I spoke to him verbally and was like, "Hey, I'm trying to put something together. Would you be interested?" And he was like, "Yep." Um, when I, when I told Kane Justice he was going to be wrestling Fred Yehi, he was like, "Oh, wow." So this is, <laughs> this is, that's definitely going to be uh, a match that I'm excited to see. Yeah. Man, I got I gotta ask you. I know Larry will have a question or two as well. Um, I just gotta ask you the obvious. Why are you jumping into promoting? Um, what's what what is it that's coming to your life that you think I need to run a promotion? You know, that's a that's a good question because I and I don't think a lot of promoters who uh, do well really think about that why they want to promote. I I, I think yeah. a lot of promoters who say they want to promote wrestling really just want to book. They just want to go ahead and put their own storylines from watching TV on Monday and Tuesday nights into effect. Um, but I always have one to run wrestling shows. Um, back when I trained in Virginia, I did help put on a wrestling show uh, on my former military base. Uh, in that was back in March of 2000. Um, I did just promote that and not book it. And I got a little taste for it. The last few years, I've run an improv comedy show. Uh, I used oh, to, man. I, I, used, I used to do improv comedy. It was in Tyrone, and it benefited Promise Place, which is a, another nonprofit that, I'm, uh, that I work very closely with. And that did well. It was at a local theater in Tyrone. It, it did very well. Um, I sold out several times, and I, I raised thousands of dollars <laughs> for Promise Place. And it kind of gave me the inspiration, like, okay, maybe I could promote wrestling, which mm -hmm. is something I'd always wanted to do. But it's, you know, comedy is something that's very broad. Wrestling is something that's very specific. You know, there's yeah. there's going to be, gonna be lots of people, if you've ever promoted a wrestling show, um, then yeah. you know that you, you put a flyer into somebody's hands and they aren't necessarily going to be interested in wrestling. Um, it's a very specific case, but people who are really into wrestling are really into wrestling. So I am fortunate. A lot of the fans in Georgia are, uh, who travel to shows are coming down for the show. Um, uh, but I, I really, it, what drove me to want to do this is fundraising. 
I like to promote benefits for nonprofits. And for mm -hmm. the last several for the last several years, I have worked with Make a Wish Georgia. Uh, I've been a wish granter with them. I've done, I've helped grant kids wishes to go to Disney World, uh, Hawaii, Paris, uh, to and I've helped to beat celebrities. Uh, I've done several WWE wishes, uh, several Atlanta Falcons wishes. Um, I I have to sign NDAs so I can't give specific details, but WWE does put out information on their own website, and I know Larry's seen some of it. Uh, yeah. we've got, we've got to, uh, help wish kids beat some really cool, really cool people. Um, and I, I, I really just that, it, it, it's what clicked for me. The idea of making money in wrestling didn't appeal to me. And if you think there's a joke there, there's definitely a really big joke there. <laughs> uh, and, but the idea of, of, trying to fundraise for nonprofits did appeal to me. It's something that does motivate me. And, and so far we're so far, the reception has been good. And, 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 and I do get to indulge now. I, I, I do have a good reason to promote shows and to book my own shows. I do have, uh, I do have a lot of things in mind planned out if this is successful. And, and I fully admit that it may not be successful. Um, I, I, I'm not promising the world. I'm just promising what, you know, what I have on the first show. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would, Matt, honestly, I would love to have you on the next tipping point to sort of talk about how you think it went. Often we, you know, talk to people who want to promote a show and then we don't really get the follow up. And because I think you got a real level head about you. Um, I think you're going into this with the, the proper attitude and honestly the right level of experience. Um, I want, I would love to talk to you in a couple of weeks. I know we have another guest coming on, but Larry, do you have a question for Matt? Yeah. I mean, Matt, you've, you've wrestled on tons of shows, been to tons of shows. What are the cardinal sins you're going to, you're hoping to avoid on this show? What are, what are the things you've learned not to do that you hope to put into place here? Well, I think the first thing is that many promoters um, underestimate how much advertising and actual promotion you need. I have Absolutely. stressed, I, I have, I have, I've stressed the difference between promoting a show and booking a show, and a lot of people who talk about it, and even people who try to get into the business, um, especially in the state of Georgia, there's a really low bar to running a show. Um, literally all you need is a building and a ring and then you can get wrestlers. Most of the time it's going to be a very dubious quality, but right. you, you could get wrestlers. If you had a building, a ring, um, you don't even need to promise pay. Um, you know, I'm not going to call out any names at all. I don't like to do that, but there are promotions that are less good in the state of Georgia than others. Um, sure. I, I think as far as the show itself is, not overdoing it on time. Um, oh, I, amen. I, Larry, you know that, you know, and you, the shows that you go to that I've been a part of, they are fairly quick moving and they don't burn people out. And unless of course it's a big quarterly show or big yearly show, then that's an entirely different scenario. But as a first show, ideally, um, my point is about two hours, two hours and 15 minutes. Um, 
I came up with the name Action Wrestling because I was like, yeah, I want a name of a promotion that's something, you know, some sort of synonym with action. I couldn't think of one I liked, so I'm like, all right, well, I'll just go with Action Wrestling. And so, <laughs> so it's, it's you know, it's not going to be long, drawn-out, three-hour, you know, three-hour Titanic wrestling. It's going to be something that's, you know, I'm emphasizing – Exa- I'm trying to promise exactly what I'm talking about. It's, and, you yeah. Know, it's, um, but that's I, I think that is the that is the big thing from a before the show aspect, making sure you promote you know flyers in several towns over. I did a radio station interview um, this morning with 92.5 The Bear, um, which was great talking about the show. Um, I've gotten it out to all the local publications. Um, I Not did it press. I did a press release that I actually had checked by the Make-A-Wish uh, public relations staff to make sure it was, you know, correct. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, there's there's a lot of work. There's the actual promotion, and then as far as the booking aspect, just making sure that you want people to leave excited and be like, man, I'm I'm sorry it's over, as opposed to looking at their watch, is it over already? You know, yeah. will you will you hurry up and take it home? Oh crap, there's three more matches left. Yeah. Well, Matt, I am sold. Please, please tell people how they can get a hold of you, get tickets, when the show's going to be, and all that stuff again, please. Okay. I'd love for everybody to check me out on Facebook. It's Action Wrestling, and then the number one, Twitter. It is the word Wrestle Action One. Unfortunately, I couldn't get Action Wrestling 1 on Twitter. That's too many characters. So it's Wrestle, W-R-E-S-T-L-E, Action, the number one on Twitter. On Instagram, it is Action Wrestling 1. The website, it's a very fancy Tumblr site, but the website is action-wrestling.com. And the show is Friday night, this Friday night, April 27th in Tyrone, Georgia. Main event is Gunnar Miller and Dominic Garini. And tickets are only 10 bucks. We did pre-sell out of front row and second row already. So the oh, general admission. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I wasn't sure if I priced everything correctly, but first row went first. It was beautiful. Um, right. so, so general admission is only 10 bucks. Uh, I do appreciate people... Uh, buying in advance, um, and I will have merch. I do have shirts and posters that are going to be available for sale, and wrestlers will be available to sell their own merchandise as well. And I would love to come back on to do a post-mortem after the show because I've been so focused on getting to the show. To me, Saturday doesn't even exist. <laughs> so I would, I, would, I would love to be able to be on. Uh, when I'm not over caffeinated and and completely uh, underslept. <laughs> okay. Nice. Well, Matt, good, good luck. Of, I'll, I'll certainly see you Friday, and uh, good luck surviving until then. And uh, I wish you a bunch of sex, success Friday night. I appreciate it. I can't. I, I'm I'm very excited. Y'all be able to come. I'm really anxious to read that Saturday afternoon review, Larry. Well, okay. <laughs> nice. <Cool. laughs> awesome. Right, Thank you for being on, Matt. Thanks, Thanks so Matt. much. Sure. Okay. Ooh. We're going to just move yeah. things right along here, Mr. Steve. Yes. We've got fresh fresh off a tour of Japan, 
former Shine Nova champion for, I believe, around eight months. She's now wrestling, it seems like, more outside of the state of Georgia than she is inside the state of Georgia. We're very pleased to have joining us at this time on The Tipping Point, Priscilla Kelly. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Priscilla. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Priscilla, first of all, congratulations um, on all of the wrestling gigs going on. Uh, I mean, it's really a remarkable thing. Did you think, honestly, a few years ago when you got started, did you see all of this happening for you? Um, not really, honestly. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I knew that my place in life wasn't sitting behind a, ca- a counter nine to five, you know, but yeah. I didn't exactly know that wrestling was going to go this far this soon. Um, but, uh, you know, I've always been driven and I've always been disciplined, if not by myself, by people around me. So, um, you know, it's just, I guess it was just a matter of time before things started happening. But, um, you know, I certainly didn't think things, I certainly didn't think Japan would even be a thought within the first five years. Of my nice. It's cool. You know, I, I know Larry's going to have like very specific kind of wrestling oriented questions. Like lately I'm kind of more interested in sort of larger questions and how wrestling relates to it. And uh, so here's a question and I'll give you time to think of the answer. Cause it's not going to be like the usual who trained you and you know, who's your inspiration. So something I noticed, and I, again, I, I don't really know you, However, it seems to me, just based on, like, how your career has gone and that kind of thing, that there was a point where perhaps other people were kind of pushing you um, towards success and kind of saw it as inevitable and, you know, were really invested in you making it, whether that's your mother or uh, people that had trained you or people that you had been with. Like, people, a lot of people seemed to provide like half the motivation for you. But I got to say, and again, I don't pretend to know you and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it seems like now you're really focused and driven and the motivation to make it in wrestling is now all you. When did that, if, if I'm right, when, what changed that made you really latch on to this idea of, you know what, I, I can be great at this wrestling thing and I can really make headway into doing this for a living? Well, I don't, like, I, I think, like, my mom was around really early in my career um, when mm-hmm. I, before I was even wrestling. Um, and I think her thing was, um, you know, she, she, I don't think she really thought I was going to spend the rest of my life doing this, but, um, I know at the time she thought it made me happy. So she was like, okay, it's, you know, a nice like hobby that Priscilla can do that can get her, you know, uh, some kind of like, um, like happiness out of life, if you want to say that, yeah. I guess. but I, I don't necessarily think she expected me to spend the rest of my life doing this. Now I moved out of home at like right at 18, um, and I think after I moved out, that's when I really started, like, falling into my own, finding myself as a person and as a wrestler. And I think, um, you know, not too long after that, that's when I really started figuring out what I wanted to do and mm. how I wanted to do it. Um, and then everything else just kind of came with time, you know, because, I mean, I am, I'm only 20. I'll be 21 uh, in June. But, uh, you know, being so young, it's hard when you've got – 
a lot of different people throwing a lot of different things your way and how to be, yeah. how to dress, how to act. And um, it took a while for me to really figure out who was Priscilla in wrestling and what was she going to do. Um, but I think it's one of those things where you really can't describe it. It's like, you know, the day that wrestling really clicks in your mind in the ring as far as the moves and stuff, it's the same kind of thing as far as, like, how you feel about it and when you finally decide who you are and where you want to go. It's one of those things where you can't describe when, where, and how it happens. You just know it happens, and once it clicks, you you just know. Awesome. Great answer. Larry. So you've been um... – wrestling now actual wrestling like three years a little over that is that is that right yeah um you know clearly when you started you you know you you had the look for it uh far far more so than most but the thing that's really surprised me about you is the physical toughness that you have and athletic ability i'm just curious about what was your athletic background before wrestling I had no athletic background. Um, I came. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I love an honest uh, answer. <laughs> I I was so like uh, when I first started, I was honestly really jealous because they're like you know every other girl in wrestling had done gymnastics or cheerleading or soccer or something like athletic to at least right. give them a feel of what it feels like to you know have your heart rate up at, at the very least. But like me, no, yeah. I came from like being at home like doing weird stuff with my brother and honestly like playing video <laughs> games like I didn't really do anything athletic um but I mean like you know uh I, I think like that that was definitely a hard thing at first because like when I first started I mean you guys both I think saw me when I first started I I was yeah. like skin and bones and every bump that I took felt like I was just getting hit by a transfer truck just because there was no padding on my body. It was just straight bone yeah. and skin. And, um, you know, I knew when I started to realize, like, hey, this is really what I want to do, I realized, like, I can't do this in with just skin and bones on my body. I'm going to need some kind of padding. I'm going to need some kind of strength. And, you know, I want to be that girl that's small but can really lift a girl and throw her out of the ring if I need to. Um, and I started training really hard in the gym and, um, you know, within, I think within a solid year of being in the gym, I transformed my body and, mm. uh, into like what I am now. And now, you know, I'm, uh, I feel like I, I'm definitely one of the stronger girls. Um, and, you know, I say that lightly because there's a lot of really strong girls up there, but I mean, I definitely yeah. am not the weak little frail thing that I was. You know, Priscilla, so what you talked you- about like, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Larry. I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, you know, I, I think that's absolutely true. That um, you you took yourself from somebody who was skinny, and you made, and now you've become athletic, and you've sort of turned a weakness and made it into one of your best best assets, um, which is impressive. I also think that you've gone that you've become much more articulate and sort of thoughtful um, when you speak, which is invaluable. Um, What's another aspect of yourself that you feel has developed and grown in the last three years that you're proud of? Um, Definitely my confidence in and out of the Mm. ring, my social skills in and out of the ring. Because, I mean, I came from such a – 
secluded environment growing up. Like, I really didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't go out and, you know, I didn't do anything social growing up. It was just me and my brother. So I think it took me a while to really adapt to, like, you know, talking to people and, um, you know, just connecting with people and, you know, not even, not just outside of the ring, but like in the ring too, connecting with an audience that, you know, I feel like that took a while for me mm-hmm. to really understand how to do that. And that's one thing with just my social skills and my confidence. And not only that, but just letting things come natural to me in a ring. Cause when I first started, I was, you know, so like, and I think everyone is, but I was so on thin ice of like, okay, this is how you do everything. There's only one way to do it. Yeah. This is how you do it. And, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Anything outside of that is wrong. And I think when I started just letting myself relax and letting things come naturally, naturally to me, um, that's when I really started getting better. And I think that's one of the better qualities I have is just, you know, taking what I feel on the inside and letting it just happen, um, whether that's character work or, uh, actually physicality and actual physicality and things. Fantastic. Larry, please. Were you a um, wrestling fan growing up? Um, I started watching wrestling. So my brother got me into wrestling, kind of. So uh, <laughs> real quick, the story, the story goes, my brother, um, he's autistic, so he's very compulsive about things. When he finds something he likes, he is latched onto it like no tomorrow. And oh, yeah. he was obsessed with pirates at the time and picked up an Undertaker figure thinking it was a pirate. And, you know, I did my research. Yeah, I did my research, found out about the Undertaker and bought the DVD set. And that's all we watched for about three months because we didn't really have cable. So we just kind of yeah. became obsessed with Undertaker. And then, of course, from there, it kind of just, you know, you start liking all kinds of wrestling. And it just takes off. <laughs> You <laughs> clearly, I mean, in in the ring, you've come an awful long way very quickly. To what do you attribute such, you know, you know, rapid progress with your with your actual in ring wrestling? Sorry, what was that? Uh, to what do you attribute such rapid progress with your in ring wrestling? So only three years in, and your skills are have come so so far so fast. Um, I think it's just a matter of like. Uh, really just like, it's a lot of things. It's like, you know, getting in the car, driving to a different place, wrestling a completely different style all the time until you eventually adapt to all of them and picking up every little thing from everywhere you go, um, getting in the ring with uh, anyone and everyone you can at any opportunity. Um, And, you know, I think it's really just like picking up all the little things and not being afraid to, you know, before a show starts, grabbing the most knowledgeable person at the show and being like, hey, get in the ring and show me some stuff. And nah. you know, doing that yeah. everywhere you can. Um, and then, of course, just like, you know, uh, you know, of course, like watching wrestling has like its contributes, but I think it's more like the physicality of like getting in the ring, doing stuff with people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it also um, helped a lot that you were, you were kind of married to Kiara Hogan. You know, you guys were sort of at similar stages of of your wrestling career. You know, you kind of started off together. You worked each other a lot on shows. You Your first big, like, angles and programs with her as well. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that she's sort of hitting a big place in her career at the same time that you are. Um, what's something with 
you and Kira, because obviously you guys trusted each other, and there were probably times where you guys felt like almost like it was the two of you against the world, where you guys had to make something great that maybe people just thought, oh, they're really good looking, but, you know, they can't really, they don't know what they're doing. And you guys really seemed like you were determined to just kick ass every time you went out there together. What did you, what, what was the mindset of you and Kara in the early days um, when you guys were really starting to make a name for yourself, but yet there's always resentment and jealousy in wrestling. And I'm sure people had that towards you and her. What was your mentality with her in those early days? Um, so we really, I mean, we clicked as soon as we met. Um, yeah. You know, we met in, we met in College Park, and uh, within a few shows together, we were, you know, I would say we were good friends. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we obviously we grew from the ground up together. Not We didn't train together, but we started as managers together. And from there, we became wrestlers. And from wrestlers, here we are today. And, I, you know, at the beginning, I think me and her both received a lot of, you know, negativity from, like, a lot of people because – yeah. You know, there were people that had been wrestling in the state for a long time and were struggling just to get bookings around, you know, locally. And then me and Kira were a year in going places like PWX and we were going to, um, you know, bigger companies outside of the state. And, you know, two years in, we're going to shine. We're doing all these big things. And right. I think people wanted to be like, oh, well, Kira's hot and Priscilla's hot. And, you know, that's how they got their bookings or, you know, whatever. But I think the thing is, like, we took that and we said, no, we're not going to just be these hot girls that try to get by. We're going to try to, you know, we're going to be the best. And, you know, um, every match that we had, we got a little bit better. And, you know, it's to a point now where, I mean, me and her could wrestle with our eyes closed. (laughs) We could wrestle Mm -hmm. each other with our eyes closed and our ears taped shut. But um, <laughs> yeah, like, I think I think we kind of like uh, uh, what what would you say? Like we kind of like fed off of each other's um, drive, and uh, yeah, we both we both really um, you know just stick stuck with it together. And you know, if there were down times for her, I would lift her up, and if there were down times for me, I would you know she would be there to lift me up, and we constantly just kept each other. You know, I often in, in wrestling, Larry, I and Priscilla, I people make this mistake, and it's always men because men are dumb, right? Like if they've got a friend in wrestling, their first instinct is to go, "Oh, I want to team with them, or I want to be in a clique with them, or I want to be in a group with them." And I always told the guys when I was training them and the women. Like, if you really get along with somebody, you should fucking feud with them because, it one, you'll learn a ton more, and, two, you guys are willing to do anything to make the other one look good, and that's what makes for a great match. It's not, you know, oh, we're going to be this tag team that stays together forever. Like, it's never as interesting as when two people have a chemistry and they're opposing one another. It's, I mean, it's the story of, I mean, do Logan Creed and Gunnar Miller get along in real life? Absolutely. And it makes for magic. And you and Kara clearly have a chemistry there that is far more interesting to watch the story that you guys tell together as rivals. Um, I just, I just thought it was like, it, it was such a boon to your career and hers. And it was just mutually beneficial and 
And honestly, the people that benefited the most were the fans that got to see you and the promotions that got to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, even, like, early on when we didn't know really what we were doing, um, yeah. I feel like from the beginning, though, I think we both had that chemistry. Even if we didn't know what we were doing, we still, I feel like, you know, you believed that we hated each other. And I think people still to this day believe we hate each other. Um, yes. Because, I mean, I remember at one point I actually ripped out her her actual hair and I had chunks of it oh. in my hand. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, like, we are, yeah, we both, you know, we both go the extra mile for each other and, you know, we both trust each other in and out of the ring. So we, you know, there's no holding back with us, you know, and if somebody yeah. books us, they don't have to really, they don't have to tell us what to do. They don't have to write a story for us. Because we will we'll go out there and we'll make one. And we will make what we're doing believable. And we will, you know, make those fans know that we hate each other. Um, and, I, you know, I think it's really fun because it's, like, it's almost like a little, um, it's a storyline in a box, essentially. You know, you book me and Kira, mm-hmm. we, can, we can take it as long as you want it. And we can make yeah. the very best out of it. Uh, Priscilla, I'm curious, uh, your scariest moment in the ring so far? Scariest moment. Mm. Yeah, we were talking about how, like, Brooklyn Creed got, like, uh, she got powerbombed at uh, Hardcore Hell 20 and landed on her neck, and it was a real scary moment. Have you had something like that happen to you? Um, I don't really think I've had anything too bad. Like that, okay. and I've not had any like freak accident type of things. I really, like, I don't know. Like I take some really crazy moves, but I never really like have done anything that I felt super unsafe doing. Um, mm-hmm. Good. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I've really had that yet. Oh, good for you. Um, I'm curious about a couple of more high-profile things you've done recently. Um, your MLW experience. Um. Can you tell us? A little? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, let's see. Well, I was doing like the, um, like I was doing a Santana feud and I filmed like some also, which I can't, I'm no longer with them because they just recently, um, you know, got, they got picked up for television. So I can't really do that yeah. because I'm still contracted with Evolve. But gotcha. um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, we were doing some crazy things there. Like it was me, Darby Allen and uh, Jimmy Havoc in a faction. And, you know, this, the, some of the, you know, footage that we were putting out was just like, amazing like the production mm-hmm. and stuff that went into that and some of it won't even see the light of day honestly because um you know i can no longer work for them just due to my contract so a lot of it won't even get seen but it was really amazing the amount of production that was put into all the stuff that we did as a faction and then yeah. um you know i was building i was building this feud with santana um and uh you know it was real so we were doing some real creepy stuff like uh, at one point, you know, I was breaking into her house and touching her while she was asleep and, you know, making shrines of her in the locker room. Like, you know, <laughs> it was some crazy stuff, um, which unfortunately, you know, won't get to be continued. But, um, you know, I had I had a match with Chelsea Green there and, um, you know, I did some stuff uh, just managing Jimmy and Darby. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed my experience uh, working there. Um, it was really a lot of fun. Well, I would that's imagine a you learned that's, that's quite a bit. That's I'd yeah. like to see. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Priscilla, here's a last question for me. So 
so clearly the goal is WWE and clearly you've put a bunch of things into place for yourself. Um, and now, I mean, it sounds like even though it may not see the light of day, a lot of the stuff that you filmed that had like a higher production value, you've kind, kind of gotten a taste of, okay, this is the kind of thing that would happen in NXT or WWE, right? And you obviously um, feel yeah. confident. With, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you feel confident with everything that you've done. What's if, if, if this was the job interview question, right? And they ask you, the WWE asks you, the, the job interview question that everybody gets, which is what can you offer the WWE slash NXT that's unique? And I, I realize that's a big question. Um, obviously, you know, you're very good looking and you've added the athletic element and you have some experience now and you're comfortable working in front of a camera and you're articulate What's something else about you that's truly special? Um, I think a big thing that is unique to me is I actually I believe in what I'm doing in the mm. ring and out. Um, I believe in every word that I say in a promo. Uh, I believe in everything that I do to my opponent. Um, and I think that's something that really can't be taught as someone just believing in what they're doing and not being afraid to give everything they have in a match. Um, and I think yeah. that's something that really sets me apart. Um, there's not, there's not a lot I'll say no to as far as like physicality in a ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's like my biggest quality is, you know, you, you give me a job and I will do it and I'll believe in what I'm doing. And I think, you know, Fantastic. a lot of people, yeah. Yeah. My, my last question, Priscilla, is I, I wanted to, hear you talk a little bit about your Japan experience. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just got back. Um, when did I get back? Last Monday, I think. And, um, yeah, I was out there for 12 days. Um, it was a really great experience. It was really hard because really nobody spoke English. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it was really amazing. I did, let's see, I did like five shows five or six shows. I worked for Tokyo Joshi and DDT Pro. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of really great matches, a lot of really great opponents. Um, some of those clips are actually on my Twitter. And uh, But, yeah, no, it was a really great experience. Um, really uh, interesting to work with um, such a uh, um, difficult-to-understand language, uh, you know, because yeah. And I feel like, uh, you know, in, in Lucha, like in Mexico, I feel like, it, you know, a lot of the terms are the same in wrestling. Well, in Japan, it's it's really completely different. Like, yes. they don't really know a lot <laughs> of the same terms as we do. Um, and I think that was the hardest part. But, uh, you know, I worked through it, and I had some really great matches. And um, I'm hoping to go back again really soon. Um, but, yeah, no, it was great. Awesome. Um Priscilla, Priscilla, thanks so much um, for giving us some of your time. Go ahead, go ahead, Steve. You got some? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, where, where can where can people see you coming up, and how can they uh, how can they get in touch with you? Um, well, I will be at Shine this coming Friday for my mm-hmm. title rematch against Candy Carwright, and um, next month, look at the calendar. What do I have next month? Glory. Mm-hmm. I've got Glory Pro next month. Mm-hmm. Next. Next week, 
is it next week? Okay, yeah, sorry, next week. Wow. And then, um, I've, of course, I've got a vault coming up. Um, you know, uh, you can see what all I have. I have, have actually, I have to look at my calendar. But um, everything that I have coming up, I'll post either on my Twitter or my Instagram. Um, but I've always got something going on, so you can check it out. Absolutely. Well, Priscilla, um, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, best of luck. Not that I think you're going to need a whole lot of it. Um, you really, you've really put things together for yourself in the last three years. And I know a number of people have had a hand in training you or booking you or helping you along, but uh, you should just be very proud of the work that you put in and uh, how you've really made yourself into uh, a wrestler, a real pro wrestler that uh, there's no doubt bigger and better things are on the horizon and you have to make it anyway so that Larry looks like a genius when he said that you were a future diva. In one of the first reviews he wrote of you, you got to make Larry look good, Priscilla, because God knows he can't do it for himself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being on. Thanks, Priscilla. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks. Yep. Take care. So, Larry, you did call it. You called that shot. Do you remember exactly what you said about Priscilla the first time you saw her? No, I don't. I mean, I just knew that she had the – she certainly had the, the look and the, and the drive, and there was the, the, the spark to do it. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And as I said when we were talking with her, I I didn't – my question was, boy, I don't know if she's, she's so sort of slightly built. I didn't think she had the physical toughness. Well, she took care of that. Yeah, yeah. Took care of that the next over the next over the yeah. Basically, what you said is she had the look, but but also the it factor um, that she had basically diva potential. Um, Back when they called them the divas uh, in WWE, and boy, you nailed that one. Um, You know, you've called quite a few, and I have a feeling you're going to be right on the mark with her. I would imagine. Um, what, what would your timetable be? I mean, she's 20, Larry. She's 20. She's 21. Thing. Yeah, she's got I mean, <laughs> time on her side to say the least to get there, you know? I mean, there's so much she and, could do. And I, and I think anybody who had this image of Priscilla, just based on the fact that she is good looking and, and people – in in the wrestling business can be very harsh about women in that they want to be very dismissive. And I think, you know, if you didn't know Priscilla Kelly, you would say like, Oh, she's, she's probably dumb or she's probably this, that, or the other. I think she probably, um, she made some believers tonight in that interview. She's obviously somebody who's well-spoken. She's obviously somebody who knows exactly what she wants and how to express herself. Um, I, I just, predict great things for her and i don't think that's very bold prediction honestly no and 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 you know it's, it's interesting her preparing her uh parallel career with kara hogan and how well kara is doing and similarly yeah. you know very good looking but it also has proven that she's got the physical toughness and drive there to was, do this so yeah you know there was great. there was um I, I mean i think there was a time where women's wrestling in Georgia meant Pandora and Aisha, you know, whereas like that was the few that was worth watching. Those were the two women that wrestled each other again and again and again and again. And Priscilla and Kiara are clearly the heir apparents, but you know, their potential to make it to the big time is much greater. Now Pandora doesn't wrestle. Um, Aisha is still doing great, but you just get the feeling that, you know, Kiara's made it to impact 
and Priscilla will likely be NXT or WWE. She certainly, I don't think there's a mold anymore like there was, but I do think that there's a very high bar to now get there as a woman wrestler. And uh, I think Priscilla Kelly hits all those marks. So yeah, great well, show, Larry. Um, where, where are you going to be this weekend? That's a good question. We, this is a big uh, wrestling weekend we got coming up. I yeah. do intend to be at Action Wrestling Friday night. Saturday night's a tough choice because you got Anarchy, the huge cage match loser leaves between Team Tag mm-hmm. and Approved. And they've been just going to war there. Uh, then we've got the monster tournament that uh, Big Wood's putting on at GPW. That's going to be in Canton. Eight, eight, eight big guys in a tournament. And of course, Logan Creed is one of those guys. Cyrus the Destroyer is another one. And then you've got this uh, Universal Championship Wrestling Show in Griffin, Georgia, um, with Chase Stevens, Jack Swagger, Tommy Rich, Bobby Fulton, C.W. Anderson, Damian Wayne. The list goes on and on. All booked to be there. So um, that's going to be a tough choice Saturday. And then Sunday. AWE returns to Cornelia. So I don't know how much of that oh I can boy. Add, There's a lot going on this weekend. So for, for Ronnie Gossett's thing, Larry, prediction, out of that incredible card that's been announced and all of those guys, over under three, how many of them are not on the card as advertised? Over under three. <laughs> Oh boy! Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say I'm really gonna say under. I think most of these guys are gonna show. Okay, and and now another over under for that show. Over under 300 people watching. Um, he's pretty good at promoting. He I think he he may get 300 people there. So you're gonna say over for that one? Well, we'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say over for the 300. So I'm, I guess I'm being very under optimistic. Under, yeah. under on hey. the no-shows, over on the attendance. A very optimistic guy tonight. For Somebody's sure. got to be optimistic in this damn business, Larry, and it should be yeah. you. Um, speaking of which, of course, Matt Hankins and the Rasselmen got their show happening all the time. And today yeah. uh, we want to wish a happy birthday to Matt Hankins. Oh, birthday happy birthday, today. Matt. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Facebook. Anyway, um, we will, Larry and I will be back soon uh, with another episode of The Tipping Point. I think I would like to uh, spend a little time on the next show, um, in addition to revisiting with Matt and talking about how action wrestling went. And by the way, go see that show on Friday. Um, I would also, I think we need to, we need to talk about uh, Valiant and Jones and San Martino. Just give them a little bit of time. Maybe we can get old... Uh, Trent Vandries on the phone to talk about you think he'd want to talk about Valiant? Maybe. Maybe. I'll take yeah. a shot at it. And I also also think I if for two weeks from it, I think I have a guest in mind. So um oh, great. we'll see. I but so let's 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 uh tentatively plan on being back two weeks from tonight. All right. Well we'll hopefully see you in two weeks. And for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum. We'll see you once again on the tipping point. Thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network.
stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.